0: Welcome to episode 185 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharper. Hello! And Matt the Killer Casale. Hello. It is Monday night, March 6th. March 6th? March 6th. And tonight we're going to talk Matt's desire for Dave Filoni to get shit-canned.
1: Who's Dave Filoni?
0: We're going to talk a little Deadpool three-minute-long teaser trailer. And we're going to talk about the completely unnecessary Marvel's pushing of the Inhumans line of comic book characters. But before we get into all of that, what do we do, Ian?
2: We keep the house. A nice, tidy, well-swept, Swifford house. And who
0: do we keep it with?
2: Ian Sharpley. Okay. That's right. Okay. Yeah. If you go to mixauce.com, you can check out the strips, the reviews, and this Wonderful, wonderful, record-breaking podcast, might I say. MixSauce.com. You can also check us out on Facebook. And we do a lot of Instagramming. I think Paul, as we speak, is Instagramming right now. because it's Posted. Dro- it's uh, dropping down on my screen. So, yes. A little bit of Instagram. So, check us out at MixSauce. You can find us in various forms at MixSauce.com. On Instagram, on Facebook, on the web. He can also have some chatter with us on Twitter. A little depressed, Matt. That's me. At the sauce. And at McGinty underscore McSauce. Jesus, Jesus Christ. How long or have we been doing this? Get underscore us? McSauce. Get underscore McSauce. People know. Everybody that's listening knows.
0: So we had we had a plan of action coming into the studio tonight. But Matt dropped a bomb on us, being Captain Star Wars he over the there. dropped
2: a bomb on us, <laughs> baby. Uh,
0: Dave Filoni's been steering the uh, animation wing, the television animation wing of Star Wars for a long time now. Doing a pretty good job. Rebels is a success. They just announced a third season coming up for the show. But Matt wants him out. Matt's had enough of Dave Filoni, Pittsburgh guy local guy, hometown guy. Oh, How are you going to do had, that to Dave Filoni? Matt's had enough of Dave Filoni's bullshit. That's, Matt, whor- that's harsh. What's up with Dave Filoni's
1: bullshit? You make it sound so much like, like I hate the guy. I don't hate him. I actually like Dave Filoni. I think that he... I feel like he's very kind of cut from the same cloth as as George Lucas, kind of almost an heir apparent to George Lucas, which, you know, if you kind of like George Lucas's Star Wars, Dave Filoni's the guy for you, it seems. Except for me, cuz I like George Lucas's Star Wars, but not so much Dave Filoni's. The problem that I have with Dave Filoni is that I think <clears throat> and this could be because he does a kids show. But I feel like there's too much emphasis on nonsense with his, um, his shows that he's been the showrunner for, both Clone Wars and Rebels. There's entirely too much filler in those seasons. There's too much focus on, first of all, dumb characters that never should have been created in the first place. This is going to sound like I hate women because mo- mostly these are female characters. But, like, Sabine... Maybe the dumbest character ever. Ahsoka, don't need it. I think it's absurd that they gave uh, Anakin Skywalker an apprentice. I still think it's absurd. I know that she got better from her early days uh, when she first appeared in that. We were talking about the Clone Wars movie. You remember the Clone Wars movie? Yes, we remember. Ian, what was the Clone Wars movie? I'll tell a, you what the Clone Wars movie was. It was basically, it was the very first time we saw animated, 3D animated Star Wars. And it was basically three episodes put together to basically be one full length feature. And then they tried to market it as some kind of movie and actually make movie money on it.
2: Did you go and spend your <clears throat>
1: I money did. on that movie? I movie did. money? I went opening night. And I was pretty disappointed. I was like, yeah, what is this? And then I know that the Clone Wars got better. But that movie was not good. And it took a while for that show to kind of like find itself. And, you know, I want to give it a pass. But at the same time, I don't want to give it a pass. And the reason is because it it's Star Wars that you shouldn't have to figure out where you're going with this show you already have an incredible groundwork laid out you you don't need kind of to figure things out as you go like you should have hit the ground running and no it's not like oh it's the universe it's like these are the characters that we already know it's obi-wan and anakin and mace mace like how he's my my third pick, Mace, not yeah. Yoda, not Yoda. It's yeah. Mace,
2: you know? the characters that you know and love, Star Mace Wars Windu.
1: own Mace Windu. So, isn't he the one of the ones that you hate the most? No, I have no problem with Mace. I I think he's kind of a dick, but I kind of like him as a character. I you thought don't he was cast Samuel L. Jackson to be a nice guy. No, I guess you don't.
0: So the Clone Wars three part episode movie was a misstep. It but- was. A- it was a misstep. The series carried on for seven, seven seven short years, seven seasons. It had a um, bit of an abrupt finish, but it had a long, long life. It's like when someone that's like eighty five dies; it's not a tragedy. They lived almost a century. Yeah, well, they succeeded, and Clone Wars succeeded. They had some missteps, but ultimately, it's regarded <clears throat> as better than the prequels.
1: Well, the the th- final full season did win an Emmy, uh, but here on the sauce comic book podcast, we're at, we're anything, if not accurate with our information. So Paul, it was actually five full seasons of the Clone Wars, and then you had what was considered the lost episodes or, or was it the lost missions? I don't know. You're the, it was, expert. it was like that season so this six, incorrect
2: that, information falls on your head.
1: Right, so what happened, I don't know what they called it, but anyway, for season six, they got so far, they had done some voice recordings, and after Disney pulled the plug on The Clone Wars, they went back and they basically finished the episodes that they had started, which was, I think, six episodes. So, yeah, that was season six for you. So it never did make it to a seventh season, Paul. It maybe could have, because from what I understand... It was getting better and better. I never finished the series just because I I burn out. If you if you put too much filler and too much boring stuff in there, I'm not interested. I'm just not interested. That's not even
2: I, for the 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 ride that is Star
1: Wars. Your your Ian, baby. They're I not think. good. Yeah. They weren't good. I mean,
2: I can't disagree with that. If it's not entertaining you, you shouldn't give it your attention. Time is valuable.
1: There were some really good ones, but there were also some just not. But o-
0: Overall, The Clone Wars is regarded as a success. Uh, Star Wars Rebels, also show ran by Dave Filoni, just announced the third season. Fourth season? Fourth, I think. Fourth, Fourth season. Think.
2: Don't be incorrect.
0: Oh, no, yeah, I know. Um, also a success. Mm-hmm. Doing well for Disney XD.
2: I think that we here at this podcast like that property more than the clone wars too at least i do and i know you do too paul if i may speak for you i do i like it a lot better
0: than than the clone wars uh but i've i kind of feel like uh my biggest problem with it especially this season is that uh dave filoni is too um he just wants to play in his old sandbox again Like, when Rebels started, Rebels was brand new. Rebels was about the Rebellion versus the Empire. It was a couple years before A New Hope. It was brand new characters, brand new story. But the last couple seasons have become more of, oh, as Dave Filoni, what didn't I get to finish in Clone Wars? So we're going to bring back Captain Rex. We're going to gear a lot of stories towards Darth Maul. We're going to have battle droids in a handful of episodes. Um, Ahsoka came back in the second season to, uh, fight Darth Vader.
1: Yeah, Matt? Don't talk anymore about that, because I didn't, I'm not caught up on it.
0: So, you're gonna, you're gonna question Dave Filoni's leadership, and you're not even caught up to this current season.
1: No. No, and I didn't finish The Clone Wars either. Didn't you
0: hammer me just last episode, didn't you call it pulling a paw or something for Talking shit on something I haven't seen. Uh, It was The Jungle Book, because I haven't seen it. And I was hyping hyping the effects, and you were like, boo, 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 boo.
1: Well, that might be, but I've still seen the majority of both shows, so that should probably count for something. Did you see the Ahsoka season? The second season? Half of it. Half of it.
0: So you've seen half of Rebels. Yeah.
1: Um... And half of what I saw was not very good. There's so much filler. That Sabine character is unbearable. Um, I think that um, Zeb is unbearable. I'm kind of wishy-washy on um, what's his name. Canaan. Uh, no, I like him. Ezra. Uh, Ezra. You know, he gets a little bit. I get a little Ezra fatigued. Uh, the Clone Wars, I, you know, Snips and Sky Guy, things like that. I'm sorry, the, those just are not the things that, when I watch the Star Wars movies, I think, man, this would really be better if we had an apprentice for Anakin and, and Anakin for referred cute
0: nicknames for each other.
1: Right. What are these NHL hockey players, Skyzy and and Ahsoka and Snipper.
0: Well, this this current season, uh, Zeb has really taken a backseat. And you've seen real character growth with Ezra and Sabine. They're not the same adolescent, I um, think, brash youngsters that they were when the series yeah. started.
1: I think where I really kind of just hit my limit was the episode where Sabine ran into an old bounty hunting chum of hers. Uh, and and it was some kind of backstory to try to really flesh out the character. But I thought, wow, this is better when we knew even less about this dumb character.
2: Would you prefer it if it was all established characters that we were?
1: No, I would prefer on, it. Or? To me, it feels like certain characters are basically checkboxes that they have to create to, to certain like hit a certain demographic in terms of appeal.
0: See, I think what you're missing since then is... That backstory with the bounty hunter character—it mm-hmm. was kind of a one-off episode, and they haven't touched it again. And since yeah, I wonder then, why they've kind of shifted gears and got into a different backstory mm-hmm. for Sabine and like how her family treats her for joining joining the Empire. And like, it's a much deeper backstory. Yeah, it's a much more mature backstory.
1: I just, I, I don't know. I connect with some of the characters and other characters I don't. Whereas typically in Star Wars, it's like, yeah, I am I like all these characters. I like the whole thing. Um, a lot of the Dave Filoni-created characters just aren't very appealing to me. Ahsoka, Rex, a lot of those Clone Wars characters. I'm still not behind the resurrection of Darth Maul. I love Darth Maul, but I don't think... Like there, there are some cool things going on in it, but I don't think that it. I don't think it was the right maneuver. I think he died. He got chopped in half. And if you want to bring him back, fine. But do it the way they did it in the Star Wars Visionaries thing, almost like as an Elseworlds kind of thing, where he came back and he fought Obi Wan. And the although from what I understand, he's going to fight Obi Wan again, again.
0: Darth Maul's t- Darth Maul's too much. I never agreed with that. Ever, his weird and, like, uh, like cloven hoof, backwards yeah. knee bending, robo Paul, legs, I, and you.
1: I know that you don't like that. You know that Dave Filoni's bringing back all these characters that he created in the Clone Wars for Rebels, and yeah, it does feel like it's just kind of slowly morphing a little bit into like the Clone Wars 2.0. But it, I do like to see. The trilogy's kind of bridged a little bit in some way. You know, like I thought it was really cool in Rogue One seeing certain things, aspects from the prequels. Like Jimmy Smith's, I thought was freaking great. I loved seeing that connection. Um, you know, Rogue One, same era as the Rebels show. I liked Rogue One a lot better than I liked the show.
0: Yeah, my well the yeah, I I like seeing that that stuff too. I love seeing Jimmy Smiths and 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 Rogue One, but where the missteps happening in Rebels is that we've already got a full cast load of characters to delve into about like who they are and where they're from yeah, and what they're but doing. Matt's point is we he don't doesn't like any of them. we don't. Well, that yeah, that's not the point I'm arguing against though. Like, um, I'm arguing and, you know, we don't need that bridge. We can have bridges like Jimmy Smith's in and, and Rogue One. He pops in, he has a couple lines, he's out. Um, we don't need Rex to join the cast full time. We don't need, you know, Ezra's whole development arc to tie into, is he going to join Darth Maul or not? Yeah. Like, po- there's plenty of things going on. Like we've got can a full I, cast.
1: Can I ask some stuff without it getting spoilery? Because I, it, granted, I'm behind, but I don't want it to be spoiled. But I, I'm curious. They brought Grand Admiral Thrawn in, right? Probably the coolest expanded universe character yeah. ever. Everyone that has ever read an expanded book for Star Wars knows who Grand Admiral Thrawn is. Paul, is he cool? Are he they doing is cool. him well?
0: Um, I don't I never read him in the was he in was he in novels
1: or he was only in the first three novels he was in in they were called heir to the Empire. Um, it was I, I would like to accurately explain where this book series comes from. It was the very first book series uh, that basically kicked off the Star Wars expanded universe Back in 1991. So you had basically Star Wars radio silence, Ian, for how many years? It went from 1983 until 1991. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight, eight years with no anything. Maybe some comics, but like nothing. And then this movie comes out. And I, I believe at the time it was like, this is the official, you know, continuing adventures of luke skywalker and han solo and princess leia and this was it this was what really happened now i think it would be pretty badass if you know in a lot of ways this grand admiral thrawn that we have in in rebels transitions to the one from those novels which ever since you know george lucas made the prequels and now the sequels i don't think that the um the air to the empire trilogy matches up.
2: No, it, it really doesn't. But I think that it's still held in high regard with yeah. fans of, of the, the deep myth- mythos of star Wars. I even, I never read it, but I went back recently, probably around Christmas and got the, the audiobook book of air to the empire because I never, I never really knew what grand Admiral Thrawn was all about and I knew that people really liked that character, and I dug into that audio book.
1: Did you see he? There's a new book coming out called Thrawn. It's written by Timothy Zahn, the guy that created him, mm-hmm. and he wrote that original trilogy series. And it's just called Thrawn. So I don't know where it's going to be set. You know, like I almost wish it would be set post Return of the Jedi, just like the original Air the Empire series was, but that might. I don't know. It seems like maybe they're positioning him as a more earlier character now. I don't know.
2: It's cool for them to work that in. I think that it was a slight misstep for uh, whenever Disney bought Star Wars and said all that expanded universe stuff. Oh, I completely agree. It's all legends or whatever <laughs> it they referred. It right.
1: to, Right. And now and then they said they're going to mine from it and stuff. But let's face it. A lot of that stuff is better than the quote canon that we've gotten since then. I'm just not that impressed with anything outside of the movies that they've be- that they've made since Disney has gotten the license. The comics, I think, some were okay, most were pretty much garbage. Um, I really
2: like Rebels. I think Rebels holds up. It's, it's like the gold standard of that outside- It's the so
1: hit and stuff. miss, I think. It's so inconsistent. You
2: know, I've, I've enjoyed it the, the whole time. I know you don't like Sabine or- uh,
0: you Get caught up with all of it and then determine whether it's hit or miss or not.
1: Yeah, I just- it, Look, I, it's, it's the way I feel about a lot of characters that I feel are incredibly strong to the point where this shit can write itself. Spider-Man, Batman, Star Wars- there shouldn't be missteps there shouldn't be like misses and hit like
2: but if you're writing long form stories about these characters that span over a bunch of and you say that
0: about spider-man and batman there's
1: been a shit ton of missteps with both of those characters
0: even though they can write themselves
1: that's my point that shouldn't be happening but it does happen so you know of course it's going to happen with Characters from Rebels Perhaps. that aren't
0: as strong as Spider-Man and Batman,
1: but I'm not saying I'm saying Dan Slott shouldn't be affiliated with Spider-Man because he's just not getting it. So you Dave know?
0: Filoni is just not getting, Kanan Jarrus.
1: Well, he's getting. I think mean, he's getting Kanan, but a lot of the other characters like really kind of get in the way. Look, there's an awful lot of filler in both series, and there shouldn't be. There I think just shouldn't be. You feel and,
2: like filler is actually character development... Like, character development is filler to you. I I
1: see what you're saying, but I think that's just wrong. Um, I'm not so naive that I don't know what character development is. I think, for example, um, a filler episode was that Sabine Bounty Hunter Friends for Life episode. Um, Yeah, it developed things, but it had nothing to do with the overarching storyline. Not
2: everything connects to the overarching storyline perhaps sometimes you have to go back and the characters motivations and their pasts um sometimes aren't connected to, to another the main thing thrust of the story
1: another thing that they need to do i think is like kill off some characters why i mean i realize it's a cartoon show but you know they killed off duke and in the G.I. Joe movie, and they killed off Optimus Prime in the—spoilers—in the, spoilers, in in the fa- Transformers in movie.
2: fairness, they didn't kill Duke in the G.I. Joe movie. He was wounded.
1: Okay, but he was out of commission for the whole movie. Can we do that with, with Sabine or Zeb? It is a kids'
0: show, and kids' show generally have filler episodes, which are the ones right. Matt's talking about. Right. The goofy stuff. The right. stuff where— Zeb goes off and has to find like a reprogrammed Imperial droid that's out right. to kill everyone on right. the base. It's a silly, goofy episode, and it happens, but that's the kind of thing that happens in a kids show, and that's yeah. what Rebels is. Rebels isn't, you know, HBO's Re- version of what happens in the Star
1: Wars universe. True, and I'm not asking Nin- for that.
0: The Nickelodeon, right? I I understand, but like the Ninja, the Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles show which is like a plus yep. plus
1: also has some goofy shit in it. Apples and oranges. I, I think that look, I think rebels is at its best during episodes. Like the final handful couple, let's say the final three episodes of that first season. Those were really good. And you know, I, I got halfway through season two and it never achieved heights like that again. And, you know, that's when things were a little serious, more serious. That's when the stakes felt legitimately high. And I don't know. I mean, you didn't have those highs in the first couple episodes
2: whenever Darth Vader was there or. Like oh, the well, first episode? no,
1: no. The first episode was really good. But then right after that, it, it just felt like a series of, again, filler episodes. But anyway, Paul, what else are we going to talk about tonight?
0: We're going to talk about the Deadpool teaser trailer. Which well, was three and a half minutes long. Uh, I didn't even know this was coming out. It popped up on Twitter, and I wasn't a, I wasn't a expecting it to be a mini movie. I wasn't expecting it to be an eighth of a Star Wars Rebels episode. But, but the but,
2: joke is how long the teaser is, though. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. It's all part and parcel of what makes the Deadpool brand the Deadpool brand. And uh so go look it up, listeners, go look it up. We'll wait. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: what I a hope. good tease. I, I hope you watched I it. I was uh, thoroughly
2: teased.
0: Yeah, I mean it's well, I wasn't I wasn't teased. It was just like a, a cool clip of Ryan Reynolds doing Deadpool things. It doesn't tease anything about no, it what's coming.
2: No, and no. Um I can say that I think that there was more effects work done on the eyes and the mask. It looked a little more
1: detailed to me. <clears throat> maybe a little bit more animated. I don't know. It looked very similar to the first one.
2: Um, I, It looked similar in the way that the other mask was good, but I think this uh, improved on some of the areas that maybe it was lacking. It was a little more emotive. I thought it looked a little more natural, too. Um, but yeah th- there's nothing that you're going to learn from the uh the teaser trailer, although maybe I think on when he the the trailer for those of you that ignored our advice and didn't <laughs> go and check out the trailer Deadpool's walking through the city an old man is getting mugged in an alleyway. Deadpool says this, this isn't happening on my watch runs into a telephone booth and starts, the Superman music is playing, starts changing into... The uh,
0: 1977 Christopher Reeve Superman music. I don't
2: think anybody's confusing it with The Man of Steel. Although Flight,
0: with the Hans Zimmer.
2: Wouldn't that be cool if we could (laughs) overdub the Hans blue balls in there? (laughs) Deadpool takes the bulk of the three minutes to change into the... Classic Deadpool uniform where the guy gets shot in the alley and he's fucking dead by the time he's all done wrapping that up. Um, But on the telephone booth, there's graffiti written and it says Nathan Summers is coming, coming like how you would spell it classy. And Nathan Summers is cable. Cable might make an appearance. There's been rumor that cable will make an appearance in Deadpool 2. So that might be a Little teeny tiny taste of a teaser of what could be coming, yeah. but it's a bear, it's deep cut, deep, deep, deep cut. I think, yeah, that's super deep cut
0: tease. Um, well, is, is he gonna make in a is he gonna make like a cameo? Like, I thought cable was supposed to be like second
2: build in this. He could be, I don't even know whenever Deadpool's coming out, is it next year? I would think that we would have more information, we would have. <coughs> Well, a casting of Cable. I know a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of Silver Hawks were out there, (laughs) kind of campaigning to be Cable, and you know,
1: it sounds like um, Russell Crowe is maybe the front runner now. Is he really? Yeah. Well, apparently, did you hear that Rob Liefeld tweeted to Russell Crowe like, "Hey, what do you think about being, or you should read for Cable." Didn't you hear this? I didn't hear, I didn't hear this. this.
2: Tell, fill us in, Matt.
1: And and Russell Crowe tweeted back, I Oy. should I should read for it. And then, you know, Rob Liefeld was like, oh, oh I didn't mean any disrespect. And um, I just, you know, really think you'd be great or something like that. Really? And then, yeah, so then he said, Russell Crowe replied with like, well, you know, if, if Ryan Reynolds wants it to happen, I'm sure, you know, we can work something out, something to that effect. And then Later in the day, I guess, um, there was like a photoshopped picture of Russell Crowe as Cable or something, and he tweeted it. Russell Crowe tweeted it at Rob Liefeld, and was like, "What do you think?" or something like that. So it sounds like there's some interest.
0: Uh, it's not, it sounds like there was also some Pierce Brosnan stuff. Wow, Which? Effect.
1: Yeah, that one That's seems ridiculous. like kind of tough because there's there's a there's a grizzled edge to. Cable that...
0: Yeah, did you guys see Pierce The Nice Roslyn, Guys? Pierce Brosnan does I did see
1: The Nice I didn't Guys, see it.
2: and I thought it was fucking hilarious.
0: I also thought it was fucking hilarious. And that's, like, the kind of grizzled vet that um Russell Crowe brings to his character and The Nice Guys that I think would also be similar to, you know, Ryan Gosling's brash, younger partner and, and The Nice Guys as Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool.
2: The... uh Right after Deadpool hit the theaters and was a huge success, I know that Steven Lang from Avatar fame posted a bunch oh, of yeah. posted a bunch of pictures of himself in the gym getting ripped. Well, he is like, ripped, Kind and of, he's a
0: silver fox. So
2: yeah, silver hawk. That's what we're calling it now. Uh, there's also speculation that Ron Perlman of Hellboy might be someone that could fit that role i, I he think it'd be cool because he's a big dude i'm a big fan of ron perlman so i think that if if they're gonna go that route that would probably be a good because he also <coughs> has a comedic edge to to himself as well i think he could play a good um uh he could do some back and forth with ryan reynolds It'd be, be the good quality. straight
0: man to Ryan Reynolds, he's also huge, and that's how I always see Cable. Like, yeah, I yeah. see Cable being like almost a head taller. That's the only than problem.
1: That's the problem with with Ryan um, Reynolds. Well, it Ryan Reynolds is a tall guy. Wasn't a problem for Hagrid, but they're not going to do that. Um, that would be the problem with guess, Russell Crowe. Guess
2: that's definitive. They're not going to do that, Ian. Could you explain to the non-Harry Potter listeners out there what the fuck you're talking about?
0: <laughs> Uh, Hagrid is the big groundskeeper of Hogwarts that's always like, you know, two heads taller than everybody else. Mm-hmm. They use a lot of uh, forced perspective right. on Hagrid to make them right. larger.
2: Why do you think they wouldn't do that with Russell Crowe? Deadpool? Well, um, not Russell Crowe, but more Ron Perlman. Because I with think, anybody.
0: Well, because Ron Perlman's. Big enough that I don't think they need to do it. But Russell Crowe, I don't even. Russell Crowe's a tiny guy, isn't he? Yeah, I don't think Russell Crowe's He's six probably foot.
1: five. He's probably like five eight, five nine.
0: So, like, I think if Russell Crowe was going to be Cable, they'd have to do some forced perspective and effect shots to make him be as large as that character is in the comics.
1: See, I don't think they would do that. I think, and
0: then you'd then you'd wind up getting the
1: reverse of. Gigantic Wolverine. That's exactly right. Yeah. Never stopped him before, though. How no, many times has Wolverine did. been in the movies? A billion. A billion. And how many times have they worried about his height?
2: Zero. Actually, once in the original X-Men. They worried pretty. No, they didn't. They Yes, they did. Well, well, they put, a fight coming
0: on. Huh?
2: Yes, they did. Yeah, they they put out. Cyclops on, on a track. He had to walk. James Marsden had to walk on a track around um, Hugh jackman because he was so much taller
1: all right well i'm thinking of a specific shot when they first got to the statue of liberty and they're kind of they all all of them crawled over one of the walls like a half wall and you see them all walking full body length images and you see hugh jackman towering over um james marsden a cyclops now maybe that was one shot where they just like forgot I think that they cared.
2: I, I watched but, the behind the scenes. They worried about it. They had tracks running all through the okay. mansion where James Morrison... Were they trying to make tracks. him
1: look taller, or were they trying to make it seem like Wolverine they, was shorter?
2: They were trying to make him look taller, and I think that in that shot, I would—I mm-hmm. don't know the shot you're talking about, but I would imagine that Wolverine is in the front so that they could kind of—they're like,
1: walking away from the camera.
2: Yeah. Um, But I do know that it was a consideration. It might not have worked as well as they wanted it to, but they Mm. did think it out because if I'm not, I I think that James Morrison is maybe 5'6", 5'7", and Hugh Jackman is what, 6'2"? Something like that. He's a pretty tall dude. Right. So they did consider it, but um, now, and this has come up a bunch of times on the podcast, the height of wolverine do you feel i know that wolverine is a traditionally short and stubby character yeah do you think that it takes away from hugh jackman's performance as wolverine over these 15 films that he's been wolverine <laughs> in do you think it takes away from it that he's so tall or do you think that it's something that's forgivable because of his dedication and his performance
1: I think it takes away from it, I think that's a major part of the character of Wolverine is that he's this little guy, but he is so much tougher than you know his appearance might might come off, you know, like you just that's always it like people look at him and they're like unintimidated, you know, just looking at him, but he quickly changes their mind
2: do you think the fact that he's not as hairy as wolverine is typically portrayed in the Um, comics takes away
1: not as much as the height i think the height's a a big thing i think that that wolverine's height is a major part of his visual appearance more than say spider-man's height or more than how about spider-man's youth no because we've had all different eras of spider-man you know we've had him as a high school kid all the way to a 30 something true true
2: i think that i mean but the classic version of spider-man is a teenager right right
1: but every version of wolverine is a short guy
2: right right except, except for, for the except for year. the most well-known version which is the film version
1: true true i just as much as i like hugh jackman and his dedication and the way that he does wolverine There's no getting around, unless they did the forced perspective thing, there's no getting around the fact that he's like a tall guy, like six foot two or whatever he is.
2: I don't think he's ever towering. That's the thing. I think they at least play it up while they don't go as far to make him short, stubby, ball of energy kind of guy. He's at least an average height character and Mm -hmm. i think that that's okay i don't ever get towering out of his performance i don't i think he's always at least just an average looking character
1: if you're paying attention you'll see he's taller than just about everyone that he interacts with
2: i'll have to pay attention the next 15 times i watch x-men i i
1: I paid attention when i saw logan did you see logan i did you son of a
2: bitch you should have told me i would have went today to see it no oh. one could have talked about it, but
0: he was it's taller. Than you know that. what? Some of us had to work today. Sorry.
2: I know. I work from home.
0: Or from the, the theater.
2: Or from the theater. When did you see? So um, I, I guess you do you want to give a spoiler f- free review of Logan. Can you do that? Sure. Okay. I say that. I'm <clears> not being <throat> shitty. I can't do it. So I'm asking.
1: Do you, do you want me to give my opinion of it? Yeah. I, or or yeah, that, I is that is that spoilery? I think
2: that people tune into this podcast to hear up-to-date genre shit.
1: Yep. Did, so, did we yeah. think this looked pretty good based on the previews? Yes.
2: I think that whenever they rolled out the title, mm-hmm. and it was Logan, and it's... Logan in the future getting older and we thought it was going to pull from Old Man Logan Mm -hmm. that we had a bad reaction because it wasn't going to be Old Man Logan. Right. And as it got closer to release date and we came to grips with this isn't going to be what you're going to think that it is Mm -hmm. so just relax. And then there was a lot of good word of mouth, Mm -hmm. good reviews. Mm -hmm. I think I softened on it and I thought it would be something I'd enjoy seeing. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Uh So yeah, you're right. I when we first saw it, oh cool, they're going to do Old Man Logan, then we realized can't do it. That is absolutely true. It couldn't be more loosely based on Old Man Logan. Not even close. Well, yeah, yeah, not even close. It's really not. Um another thing is we found out that this is going to be an R-rated version of Wolverine. And they took full advantage of the fact that it's an R-rated Wolverine. The very first line Wolverine speaks is fuck. Yes. So, um But it felt semi out of character for the Wolverine that we've had in 15 other films. And it was almost like, hey guys, because we can, we're going to prove that we can be R-rated. So there's going to be lots of violence and lots of F-words. And it just didn't feel totally consistent in that way. But, um, you know, I was pretty, pretty down on being excited about this movie going into it, uh, until I started seeing all these great reviews. I was like, holy crap. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe those previews just didn't do a very good job of representing the movie. What the previews didn't do is represent the edge that this movie has Violence swearing, all that stuff it also had lots of texting, Paul, and
0: I'm listening to every word you're
1: saying <laughs> and uh but it still was not the uh the Wolverine movie to end Wolverine movies in my opinion. I think the reviews were awfully generous um I especially thought that professor x's portrayal was just off. I thought that this movie pulled from elements actually from X-Men Origins a bit. There was a particular sequence oh no that that really reminded me a lot of the shit that went down in um X-Men Origins. Um
2: <clears throat> that is it, possibly the most damning thing that you could say. It, it, it
1: it's not like that long, but it's like, oh, we've seen this before. Um It... This just... Look. So there's some... You know, there's mutants in this movie. And they all have their power set and everything. And I realized that... I like the X-Men. Not because they all have really neat powers and stuff. But I like how they interact with each other. I like their costumes. The way that they look. It's like the people. Not just their power sets that make them the characters that they are. And this movie like many other X-Men movies with kind of generic or loosely based mutants, don't seem to grasp that. They're just like, oh, well, what if we have a character that can do X, Y, or Z, and that's going to be enough because it's not.
2: I hate that. And it, it, this, it really disappoints me to hear that there's generic mutants thrown into this thing because the X-Men universe is such a rich place and it has so many options that yeah. they could go that Fox owns. Yeah. And it's inexcusable that they wouldn't do that the, and incorporate villains and characters that
1: I, they already own. I didn't hate this movie. I just didn't love it. Um you know it's a it's a six. It's a six. Six is
2: an entertaining film.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't regret going. Uh it had a kind of a weird soundtrack in a lot of instances. Like there was some harmonica going on and like some action-y type sequences and action harmonica what i will say is that man this movie felt low budget it felt really low budget like Hmm. like it was made on a shoestring budget um is that a bad thing kind of i think it it just felt like I don't know. The movie took place in twenty twenty nine, so like not very far in the future. It felt like it should have been pushed a little more into the future, I think, and it should have felt like it was more into the future. It felt like tomorrow with a couple really minor tweaks to yeah. today, and it just didn't feel far enough removed from today, given like the the, the nature of but like, you the don't state want it as
0: far as something like Minority Report.
1: No, 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 no. I'm thinking maybe, like, especially because it's Wolverine, you know, and he is somewhat ageless, like, what if they made it, like, 2039 or 2045, somewhere in there, you know, far enough away that some shit can happen, but...
0: So, well, even though, like, this really wasn't based on, on old man Logan, um... From what I can remember of Old Man Logan, it wasn't like, it was like apocalyptic future. It wasn't like tricked out fancy tech future.
1: No, um, this was not apocalyptic future. This was, things are a little shittier future. Yeah. But it was, it was like still pretty, pretty much like today. So, um... For those of you that have read Old Man Logan Going in, temper your expectations
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like I Gave up on the Old Man the old man Logan Part of this movie a long time ago mm-hmm. like, uh, Once the trailer started coming out And we started seeing Actual shit from this movie mm-hmm. um, Like, I I accepted that Oh, this has nothing to do with Old Man Logan, mm-hmm. this is just gonna be An old Hugh Jackman story Mm-hmm so I think maybe going into that tempers expectations and is probably going to be a little more palatable. Mm-hmm. And I like maybe it'll be different when I see when I see him and hear him saying "fuck," but I feel like that's always been right on the edge of who that character's been every time we've seen him so far. Like I don't think it's going to be real jarring for me. I don't it, think
2: it's new either. He says "fuck off" and yeah, his only <clears throat> line in first class. So. Well, yeah,
1: but. J- <laughs> it's
2: it's over the top it's it's, like it's a close tight shot of his mouth saying fuck it's
1: like a it's like a typical r-rated action movie just lots of the word fuck in it and lots of violence you know claws through the face and everything and it's not you know as as graphic as hostile but it's still way more graphic than anything that that we've seen with this character before and it's it's just jarring in the fact that, to me, it felt like, you know, a kid that starts swearing for the first time. And it's like, he never did it before. But now that he did, got a little taste of it, does it a lot. And it's like, all right. All right. I get it. Um, well, do you think that
2: Wolverine's power set lends itself to violence like that?
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. I would say so. But... Um, you know, my favorite things that I've ever read from Wolverine didn't have the F word every other minute. It didn't have over the top violence. You know, you could still get there and have it, um, you know, uh, indicated or hinted at without actually having to show it. Like those aren't necessarily the things that make him so great to me. I think you can get there. With like a PG-13 or something. I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been R. I'm just saying it, it felt a little bit heavy-handed. Um, I, the movie, in some respects, started to remind me a little bit of Terminator 2. Um, and that you had the T-800 Arnold who was, uh, you know... Basically, his mission was to protect this little boy. Well, in this, you have the old washed up Wolverine that needs to protect this little girl. Um,
2: I was excited for you to shit on Terminator 2. It's not what you're doing, but
1: no, no. I think Terminator 2 is maybe the best straight up action movie I've ever seen. So but it, it to me, it had some things that were similar that reminded me of it in a positive way. Not quite as good, not, well, not really nearly as good, but still it did some cool things. It it was very much like a cat and mouse kind of thing where, you know, Wolverine and, you know, Professor X is in the movie and the little girl, they're like on the run and trying to get away from the bad guys. And, you know, every once in a while they'll catch up and have a little scuffle and then off they go. So just like in Terminator, that, that kind of feel to it, um, only thing was there really wasn't a T one thousand of this movie. Maybe there kinda was, but it not, not as scary. Like you wanted it it to feel a little scarier than it was. At least mm-hmm. I did, but it just it wasn't. When you see it, you'll get it. So your official rating is a six It's a six. It's a six. It was um it was probably the best out of all the Wolverine movies. Um and Uh, you know, not bad.
0: Why don't we dig into another Marvel property?
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: The Inhumans. Oh. Uh, Going from the, uh, cast aside X-Men, the mutants who have been a chief moneymaker for Marvel for... Billions of years. For billions of years? Before the dinosaurs. Oh, billions of that years. Is, wow. That is factual. Yeah, right. That is accurate. Uh, X-Men and mutants cast aside in favor of the Inhumans, who Marvel's Marvel uh, movies still own the rights to. Who's excited about any Inhumans property? crickets, crickets. Crickets.
1: crickets. No, yeah. Nobody so, gives
2: a shit Nobody has ever historically given a shit Nobody will give a shit in the future I've seen the future And nobody gives a flying fuck about the Inhumans wow.
0: It's kind of like how I feel about DC and the New Gods mm-hmm. Where I don't know why I don't know who At these companies Has such affinity for these characters Like I kind of can't wait For the old guard comic creators To die off so that they stop pushing their new god's agenda. <laughs> and I, I feel like it's even weirder with the Inhumans, because like, at least Jack Kirby created the Inhumans. Jack Kirby's we,
1: been dead for about 20 years. Right,
2: I think we should make a t-shirt, you know, ask me about my feminist agenda. <laughs> ask me about my fourth world agenda.
0: <laughs> but like, you know, Jack,
2: Jack Kirby was a titan
0: <laughs> of comic books, you know, responsible for... He was like, the king. Yeah, responsible for so many good things. Uh, The new gods not being one of them, but, like, everyone hypes those fucking characters. But I feel like no one hypes the Inhumans. There's some weird, like, they're not mutants. They're not self-created. They're like some aliens came down and experimented on mutants. No? No?
2: no no because
0: that's how it is in shield no there, there's a
2: shield there's a mist uh the Terrigen or Ter- terror Terrigen Ter- terror Terrigen yeah. mist yeah yeah that hit a a group of people and they were living on there these people the inhumans live on the moon but the Terrigen mist is what creates inhumans in the comics i don't know i haven't watched well, agents of shield. in the marvel cinematic universe
0: they are part Cree, because the Cree had something to do with bringing the Terrigen Mists and this transformative power to Earth to experiment on humans, mm. and the whole thing has resulted in Inhumans. Ah, uh, yeah. So the Inhumans aren't just people with special powers; they're like half people, half Cree, with yeah. experimental powers, but they still get it through the Terrigen Mists. It's incredibly convoluted and it's fucking stupid.
2: It's 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 dumb and it mutants was always a nice, quick, easy way. Hey, you're born with it. There you go. And we're off and running. You're a mutant, you have wings. Hey, you go. got a different gene, you got wings, boom. Easy.
0: But like the inhumans things always it's always been complicated. They I guess they live on a castle. On the moon. And mostly they're just
2: uninteresting. Their their leader can't talk. Or he'll destroy the world. Or whatever the fuck Black Bolt's deal is. So that right there. Your most important centerpiece character can't ever speak. That's fucking stupid. Why did you put that in there? (laughs) There's a certain
0: drama in in the idea of that character. But um, the... The execution of that character is fucking impossible because he's just this fucking stoic, unlikable asshole the entire time because he can't talk. Right. And like some of them look like humans, some of them look like the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's just this whole weird, bizarre thing. Like there is nothing likable for me with the Inhumans. Like it's it's so fucking weird. It's so bizarre. And I, and even rolling out the Inhumans as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is weird because it's going to be a TV show, but the first episode is going to be a two-parter that's going to be released in IMAX theaters. That seems
2: unfortunate because the ABC property, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's not a popular thing. It might get some ratings now. But if this was anything other than a Marvel product, it would have been canceled before the December break of its first season. It only lives because it is a Marvel Disney property on ABC.
0: I rolled my eyes so hard when I saw that the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider was going to be introduced to S.H.I.E.L.D. this season. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. But S.H.I.E.L.D. got bumped back to a 10 o'clock time slot. Uh, you know, their their guidelines were a little looser. They could, you know, get a little darker, be a little more violent. And it fucking worked. Ghost Rider was fucking cool. And the first half of that season was awesome. And then they were like, oh, we wrapped up this story. We're done. Now we're going into this life model decoy stuff where, like, a robot's infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We saw that in Age of Ultron, and that was bad. And this is even worse.
2: Yeah, the problem, I think, fundamentally is that I don't know if S.H.I.E.L.D. was ever all that interesting as just S.H.I.E.L.D., when you could use the Avengers, even. Like, it's sort of the side piece to the Avengers. So to have a whole TV show built around S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of dumb. And, like, once in a while you could pull in cool... Other characters like Deathlock or Ghost Rider, but, like, but overall, like, and
0: like, Ghost Rider really worked. Uh, Deathlock was horrible because the budget was so low, they couldn't make him a robot zombie. Which I, is the coolest thing about Deathlock is that he looks like a robot zombie. Yep, I,
2: I feel like that's not even a budget thing, that's a lazy, it, it's a time slot thing, like you mentioned, if they're at eight o'clock or nine o'clock you can't do that but you can do deathlock with prosthetics and makeup and some simp- some pretty simple makeup and you can even cover up any of his prosthetic stuff for a good yeah. portion of the episodes that you're filming him for like you don't need crazy you could do it real easy i i think
0: i feel like it it was within their bounds to do it a lot closer to what the character was and the to what he was in the comics abc
2: isn't cw they have a bigger budget and cw seems to be able to pull off more authentic characters consistently every single week
0: yeah and like what where the cw has what the cw has going for them is that um like they've kind of built their built their little corner of the dcu now where dc and Warner Brothers proper are like, okay, do what you want to do. But Shield is still tied into the Marvel cinematic universe. So I'm sure Jed Whedon and Melissa no, Tancher and the showrunners, they're like, Well, we want to do this. And you know, Big Brother Marvel's like, Well, we got some plans that maybe we want to do this, so you need to adhere to this, to this guideline, because Doctor Strange is coming out, and then you know
2: Infinity War is coming out. But there's so enough, enough characters like... in the Marvel universe to be able to sustain a show like Shield. If you're pulling in C-list characters, you can do that into Infinity. You can do Sleepwalker. You can do Dark Hawk and pull yeah, deep think, cuts and make them look cool I think, on that show. I think
0: some of that stuff is absolutely possible for Shield, but they are handcuffed by having to adhere to what the greater movie universe is doing. Even though, like... I don't disagree Like, they're not really a part of it. They're still a part of it. And this season of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been pretty good. Even the second half, Mm -hmm. this life model decoy stuff, it's been pretty solid.
2: I think the handcuffing is more on the fact that we're dealing with just S.H.I.E.L.D. I guess if... It should be, like... What they really should be doing is... It should be like Tales to Astonish, where it should be a sort of variety, maybe not a variety show, but a different Marvel the character. Singing and dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it should have a more more of a variety of characters or, or more flexibility a variety in the story. Show. Comedy. No, uh, yeah, right.
0: They'll so bring like, Robert Downey Jr. and Ultron in. It should be like The Muppets. That's what it should be
2: like. No, I think that I you, like this show. You you would have a more successful show if you plotted it out where these eight episodes are this character, the next eight will be this character, and interconnect the story and, and weave it around these more C-list, D-list Marvel characters that nobody that – they're never going to show up in a Marvel movie. But you would have – I think I would be more engaged. I think the greater Marvel universe – Fans would be engaged with it, where it seems like you're just getting TV there, audiences yeah, there or spill over from whatever leads in. There was it. a way
0: to there was a way to do it from the very beginning that they fucked up from the very beginning, which was making Clark Gregg's Agent Coulson be the main guy because nobody reason, gives a shit about him because everyone gave a shit about him in those movies because he was the goofy everyman, but he, he was, was also dead, right? But he he was the in, he was the introductory character for hey, fans like he how, was the guy that went up to Captain America with all caps baseball cards and one of them signed and he was a little bit of levity in those movies even though those a, movies were were full all levied, of levity, levity. Yeah.
1: hey so um for those of us that never watched the show obviously he came back how did they explain that
0: uh he was he came back as part of a pre-experiment where they rewired his brain. Hmm. And to be alive, brought him back and used like tech to bring him back to life and
1: Is he, is he still alive?
0: Yeah, he's still alive. Oh, okay. And but like that's that's the that's the big problem with it. Like everyone loved him in the movies because there's all these big characters with superpowers <laughs> and he's like he's the fucking rummy. He's the little agent on the ground. With a gun that's thrown I, in with all these guys. I
1: liked that he was a throwaway character when they first created him. I think they put him at the end of maybe Iron Man or something. <clears throat> and you, you see him and you're just like, yeah, whatever. Because he was,
2: he was in the middle of Iron Man, too. And he was like, hey, you know, we're doing this thing and trying to give his card to people. And yeah. He's saying the acronym for S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's super long and it's funny. And somebody hits him or... Um, uh, What's her name? Uh, Pepper hits him with, like, maybe you should shorten that or something something that's yeah. a little better. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right.
2: It's It's funny
0: because he's just this little character. He's this, you know, entry point for regular guys. But then they make him the new leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's mm-hmm. the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. So he needs to be the heavy. He's running the show. He needs to make the hard decisions. And it turns like this... Fun easygoing character that collects Captain America baseball cards into this guy that has to say things like, Well, if they die, that's part of the mission and it it totally turns who that the likability of who that character was from the beginning and that just turns mm-hmm. it it's just a horrible place to start that show from
2: It turns him it turns agent Colson into Nick Fury, and that's nothing that anybody has ever wanted to see.
0: Yeah, so, like, we're, and now, yeah, we're gonna, and I guess for, and then they started, like, mentioning Inhumans and adding Inhumans to, to S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's, it's like, Matt, you said, there were mutants in Logan, but there weren't any real mutants. That's how it is in S.H.I.E.L.D. There's Inhumans, but there aren't any real Inhumans. Like, Mm -hmm. as much as we don't like them, we know Gorgon, we know Karnak, we know Black Bolt. Mm-hmm. We don't see any of them. We see, like, Joe Smith that has some electrical powers. Right. And it, like, it cheapens the entire experience. hmm So, like, how are we supposed to care about Black Bolt and Medusa and Crystal when well, all you've given us so far for the Inhumans is um, Daisy Johnson is Quake Who isn't even a real Inhuman Because she's some Brian Michael Bendis creation From the last 10 years Like if that's your That's your best Inhuman That you've given us so far Like how are we supposed to care about All these other ones That are supposed to be better That deserve A two part IMAX feature
1: Are they Gonna Eventually spin this into A film Is that the The hope Oh, this
0: two-part IMAX thing is going to be the pilot of a TV show.
1: Okay, so they're not looking to do the Inhumans film series. No,
0: Inhumans will be a TV show on a, on ABC.
1: Okay, sounds terrible.
0: It does.
2: It does. Yeah. It sounds terrible. couldn't be
0: any We will not less be going
2: in and field tripping the Inhumans.
0: No, as is as, as weird as you know, Archie meets Twin Peaks looked. In those trailers, like I was way more invested. Like this in human stuff. Who the fuck if, cares? If
1: that Clone Wars uh, movie taught us anything, it's like don't go watch TV on the big screen. It's it's not the right the right it's not the formula. Right medium. We right.
2: a nice bow. Just tied there with
1: the front end of the pod. The back end
0: of the pod. We might as well wrap it up right here. We don't, we're not going to get any better than that. Mm-mm. Matter we a time.
1: We're at time. Let's do it. Let's
0: get out of here. Yeah, that's going to do it for us tonight. My name's Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley.
1: And Matt Casal,
0: And thanks for listening.